0: Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is not just any other podcast about an active lifestyle, but join us as we unpack the why behind our activity and how we connect it to our faith. I am having conversations and exploring the journeys of others as we help to build a theology of self-care, exploring how we care for ourselves by being active persons in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith. This is episode 25, and on the podcast today, I have Kate Fletcher. Kate is a teacher in Louisa County, Virginia, just outside of Richmond. So shout out to all of the folks in Richmond, Virginia, who are listening, part of the Richmond running community that I know pretty well. Um, Kate is just doing some awesome and amazing things on the run. You are going to hear about Lion Pride and this great and awesome idea she had to help raise money to help kids get scholarships for going to college, her own students. And so Kate takes an awesome journey from Louisa County, Virginia to Washington, D.C., And so without spoiling too much of the story, let's jump in and hear about Kate's journey starting the Lion Pride Run, as well as an opportunity to hear about how she cares for herself in the midst of these great, these awesome, these huge journeys that she takes in running to help others. So let's dive into our conversation. All right, we are here today with Kate Fletcher, and uh, I saw saw Kate on on the Today Show, so I feel very special that I have now had someone on this podcast who has been on a a national news network, but I I wanted to have Kate on here because she has such an awesome story about how she is staying active. So Kate, as we dive into this episode today, let's start by letting the folks know who you are, where you are from, and how you are active.
1: So, my name is Kate Fletcher, and I am a 11th grade English teacher at Louisa County High School, which is in Louisa, Virginia, although I'm originally actually from Canada, um, and I don't technically live in the same county I teach. Um, I live about an hour away closer to Richmond, Virginia. And I'm sorry, what was your other question? And then how are you active? Oh, I'm a runner. I'm primarily a runner. It's not the only way I'm active, but it's (laughs) the biggest part.
0: Oh, that's all right. My listeners, I I think they probably could have figured that out. I've had enough runners on this podcast now. So this is a, you know, as I say uh, most all the time, this is a podcast that is primarily looking at self-care, but I know at least for me as a runner myself, Using running to help to talk about self care often is is one of the languages that I know how to default to. And I think that there's a lot that we can learn from runners in this space. Um, And uh, that's where I wanted to dive into today. But before we get there, because we always like to hear how people are active, we love to hear that they're runners, that they're cyclists, whatever they like to do. Uh, But what is the why behind your activity?
1: There are really so many whys. I feel like running is a good friend. it's a friend for so many different reasons. Um, I mean, there are the obvious, more superficial ones, like, "I stay in shape," or "I have energy," or um, you know it's helping me uh, just to get through my, my day." And then there are the deeper, more meaningful reasons. Um, one that is obvious that I know will be part of this conversation is that I use running um, each year as a teacher to help raise scholarship funds for some of my seniors. And that's something we've been doing here at Louise County High School for six years now. So every year I do one very, very long run an ultra run as a way to support my students, which means that throughout the year when I'm running, I always have that in mind and I select a few long races every year with that ultimate goal in mind. Uh, And obviously I keep up my mileage in part because of that really long run that I'm doing for kids. But then I run for myself mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> I definitely do. And, it, and if anything, the run for the students um, helps me remain accountable to myself. So uh, running really has leaked into every area of my life. Somehow it's even leaked into my teaching. And it defines me in many ways. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more than just a runner, obviously. And I'm more than just a teacher, but running helps me find my purpose. Running is a big part of my identity. Um, And running makes me a better person, I would say. I think it does. And so those are my deeper reasons for running.
0: No, and I think that there's a lot of relation for folks who are trying to find that passion in their lives when they're looking. uh, Is a lot of times the things that often care for ourselves the best are also things that we can turn into ways to care for others. Uh, I have to say, I think the first time that I was aware of what Kate was doing uh, was probably about four or five years ago. Um, The local NBC affiliate in Richmond did a uh, feature piece on a a teacher in Louisa who was running around a track for I want to say it was 24
1: hours. Yeah, I um, did that in
0: 2018. Yeah, to rate to raise money. I think that was the first time that I had heard of you. Uh we also have uh uh we also know someone uh I my wife is friends with uh, an administrator in the Louisa County Public School System. So, uh Kate was just recently on the Today show. I'll, I'll link that in the podcast notes. It was a really fun story about her most recent challenge, which we'll get into in a second. Um but i think that we often see in these sort of self-care endeavors especially these ones in which we get active ways in which we can also use that to help care for others and so what would you say was sort of the turning what was the turning point in in your running journey where you kind of began to see an opportunity where running could be more than just something that you did for your own self-care, your own enjoyment, but when did you realize that you could use it to also help others?
1: I think it probably came out of something that was happening on a daily basis, which was I was running in the morning before school, and if there are any school teachers listening, you know how early we have to get up, especially because I have an hour-long commute or just shy of an hour, so I was waking up at four in the morning and running from about 4 thirty to 5 30, you know, a shorter run, five or six miles each, each morning before school. And I immediately noticed that I was in a much better mood. I mean it's just undeniable. <laughs> I, I would show up to school uh, with a sense of humor, feeling energetic, feeling like I'd been up and atom and awake for a while and my kids clearly benefited from that. And I should, I should say, I'm not um, a grumpy person anyway. So my baseline is pretty cheerful, but I was almost over the top cheerful. And I definitely have had comments from students like, why are you always so happy? Why are you in such a good mood? Come on, Ms. Fletcher, what, you know, what can we do to make, wipe that smile off your face? And I just, uh, it was clearly getting a little bit of a runner's high every single morning before school and it was impacting my teaching and therefore impacting my students' lives in a positive way. And so I did, I think, maybe even not fully consciously, beginning, begin to associate the impact of my running on my students. And so that seed maybe was planted that I could see my running helping my, my teaching and therefore um, impacting the kids I teach every day. And it was just, a I don't know, a stone's throw from that to realize that I could also use my running to create a fundraiser uh, that would support them financially as they went off to their post high school lives. Um, And it wasn't just me that came up with it. Another teacher and I came up with it together and she's not a runner. So it was something we brainstormed together. Um, I also had seen a teacher in Chesterfield County, Virginia do something similar where he ran a hundred miles on his high school track, and so there was a seed planted just from seeing that someone else had done such a thing. Uh, it looked like a really crazy but fun challenge, um, and that took years to work up to. I didn't do that 100 miles on the track until the third lion pride run, mm-hmm. and that's what we call it—the lion pride run because we are the Louisa Lions.
0: Yeah, the Louisa Lions. I was about—I yes. was about to make that connection for folks. Um, yes, and and so you've been how long have you been running in your life have you been running since you were a kid early adulthood
1: so no I've only been running about 12 years which I guess is substantial yeah I started running when I was 35 um I was a single mom and I had a gosh I guess she was 10 a 10 year old daughter and I had spent so much time being her primary caregiver and Uh, you know, some of that, that all parents experience where we're just so focused on our children. In my case, I just have one child, but I also was doing that on my own. And so when she was 10, it was kind of a turning point that I realized that I could begin to focus on myself and she could go to this playground down the street while I ran on the track next to the playground. And so we had this little sweet deal that each day we'd go and she'd go to the playground and I'd run on the track um and so that just developed from there over those 12 years but I wasn't really a runner when I was younger I would say I was always a very active kid I just liked running around I grew up in Vancouver Canada which is a beautiful place Mm. with mountains and forests and beaches and I spent a lot of time outdoors my dad is a uh was a professor of geology at the university of british columbia and he took us outside a lot so i had a love of the outdoors and i'm definitely an outdoor runner i i can't remember the last time i was on a treadmill um but i didn't actually start running until i was an adult the way in the sense that i am now yeah
0: and so i think what we kind of hear happening in this process is even as you're finding your roots in running As you're finding this way, you know you start this journey in running, uh, and then as it goes on, you begin to notice that not only is it filling you, but you can also use it as a way to fill others. And so in conversations with students, with teachers, with those who are surrounding you in your profession, it becomes sort of this outlet of saying, uh, which I've defined on this podcast before, we cannot care for others unless we truly learn how to care for ourselves. And it's cool that your passion is not necessarily like getting involved with other runners, though i'm sure I'm sure you might because I've seen some of the videos with all the folks running with you. Um, but it's to say, my running journey can serve to help others in so many different facets of their lives. Um And so if you could, could could you uh, help our listeners understand what Lion Pride run? Is and let's dive into this way in which you found to care for others.
1: Sure. So, like I said, we're the lions in Louisa. And I don't know why I'm embarrassed to admit this because I am an English teacher. It took me forever to realize lion pride was a pun. (laughs) We throw around this expression here at Louise County High School called lion pride, meaning both, of course, that we're a pride of lions, a community of lions, and that we have pride in ourselves. and there is a definite feeling of support in this community. Um, it, it's a very school-spirited place. It's actually really a beautiful thing because not everyone goes to a high school where people truly um, come together and believe in each other. And I, I can say that that's true of Louise County High School. And it's an, a large public school in a rural county, the only school in the county. But we really do have a um, feeling of almost family here, and so when I wanted to find a way to connect running with Louisiana County High School beyond just that cheerfulness that I was bringing in, because I was getting this runners high every morning at four thirty, um, it wasn't an unusual proposition. I went to a Uh, faculty meeting with another English teacher. And we had talked about it, the two of us together. And when I presented the idea, everyone was really supportive. No one said, but wait, what, what, why would you combine running and teaching? And what are you talking about? Why would you run all day? It made sense seem to make some kind of sense to everybody that I would run on the track all day and that we would raise money by asking local businesses to support the run, and that's how it started out, Um, and we have a group of kids at this school in a class called Leadership, where they don't just sit around reading books about leaders. In fact, I don't think they ever do that. They actually lead in the community, so they lead as students at the high school and in the larger school district, but also out and about in Louisa, and so those students, on top of all the other things they do uh, during the school year, but they took on the Lime Pred Run as a project and they go out into the community and ask for donations. They do all the logistical um, management, all of the organizing, and they have been crucial. So I would say, I'm the I'm the brawn and, and they're the brains. I just have to do the running. And so we just put together this event every year. And it started much smaller. It started with me just running one school day from after the bell to right as the buses were leaving. Um, And there's preparation in the months leading up to it with these students in the leadership class, going into the community and explaining the run and asking for financial support. And then the day of the run, I just do whatever whatever I've been training for all this time. And so the first three runs were on the school track. And I went from running about 40 miles the first year, which was just kind of an eight to three thing. And then the next year I just showed up maybe an hour or two earlier and hit the 50 mile mark and then the third year i did 100 miles on the track uh the fourth year i ran to each school in the district that might have been my favorite run because i ran to each school and then through the school so i ran kind of down the hallway at each (laughs) elementary school and there's four of them and the middle school and the high school and that was about 40 miles as well and then the next year i ran From the high school all the way to the capitol building in richmond virginia and met with some politicians there at the top of the steps and um some different folks from various um agencies having to do with education and then i took a year off because of covid because we didn't feel comfortable asking businesses to donate money during covid and then this year is the biggest one do you want me to go ahead and just say what i did this year
0: Yeah, go ahead, because the feat that you accomplished this year was phenomenal and outstanding. So, let's talk about that. Um, Yes. 2022, what did you do?
1: So, this year, I ran from Louisa County High School to the um, reflecting pool, the Lincoln Memorial reflecting pool in Washington, D.C., which was 105 miles.
0: (laughs) And, and all of this uh, being done in the name of raising money for the students uh, who you have taught uh, or, or who are, are seniors at Louisa high school. Um, yeah. and, and, and so in the same breath as caring for yourself through running, doing these amazing feats and these amazing challenges while you are running also being an example of self-care for these students. And then also being an example of ways in which you can care for others uh, through your own self care and so um how how do you how do you balance this what what does that balance look like as you begin to think about you know training for these challenges, getting ready for these challenges while also balancing the life of a teacher, which i'm I'm sure many of us know is never an easy one and um, you know, as I mentioned before we got on this call, I was so grateful for the time that you've offered to this recording, but h- how does that balance go when you're taking on these challenges and you're caring for yourself?
1: Um, I mean, in truth, there are times when it's probably not very balanced. So, I think that's
0: fair. Yeah, I think that's fair to yeah. admit. <laughs> we all have yeah. our days.
1: I-, I mean, I would say that of teachers in general, because we have such an intense school year and especially as an English teacher, I have so much to grade that is writing that's written. Um, there's nothing about my uh, my work with my students that can um, just be like put through a scantron machine. So I'm very busy during the school year helping my 11th grade students um, improve as writers and improve as readers, but. The summer, of course, is a time to myself, or I choose it to be. I choose not to teach summer school. So I think there's something a little bit imbalanced about a teacher's life in general. We have this two months of freedom, and we get snow days. Uh, you know, we have some longer vacations, but when we're on, we're really on. I mean, when, mm-hmm. we're, when we're in the thick of teaching, it, it can be very time consuming and intense, and it definitely leads into our afternoons and evenings and into our weekends. So maybe I'm used to the idea that over the course of a year, my life is perhaps balanced, but there are going to be blocks of time where perhaps I'm mostly a teacher, blocks of time where I'm mostly a runner. And so over the long haul of an entire year, there's definitely balance there. Um, But I wouldn't say that I have a daily balance. and maybe that's something I could improve upon. well, but I even
0: think I mean, yeah. I even think in that I, I don't know that there's necessarily a problem, especially when we've defined the boundaries of our self-care, um, right. you know. I think that there are probably daily moments of respite that you could find, whether it's, you know, once you're finally able to lay your head on your bed at night and get, you know, maybe, uh, maybe 30, 40 minutes of sleep. Uh, I don't know. (laughs)
1: Um, a little bit better than that,
0: but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but even if it's saying to yourself and I, and, and as a pastor, I, I think I'm guilty of it too. I get in my busy seasons, right. Easter, Christmas, and it's just like, all right, work, just do all the work you can for this amount of time. And then I get some time off. Yes. Um, and, and so to, uh, like, I think that there might be a little bit of a gift in defining those boundaries of your own self-care. I think it's great that you say, I'm not teaching summer school.
1: Uh, <laughs> yes. Because yeah. I
0: think, because you could, you could, uh, and I know a lot of teachers who do it, you know, for a little bit of, of extra money or, or what have you. Um, but you've kind of said, no, this is going to be a, there's going to be a boundary. There's going to be a wall. Yeah.
1: I think I'm, something else that helps me is that I am a very, un, I don't know if this is, gosh, is this even a word, English teacher? I am a non-competitive person. And so I'm never worried about how fast I'm running or did I definitely hit that weekly mileage? That, that kind of concern that a lot of runners have doesn't cross my mind. I just don't, I just don't live that way. Uh, So I do see a lot of runners burn out because they're so focused on their goal, their goal. And honestly, when I even hear the word goal, I often think like, do we have to have goals? I'm not very goal oriented in that sense. And I know that might sound like a contradiction, like, wait, you just ran 105 miles to DC. How could you not be goal oriented? I just genuinely love running. Mm -hmm. So I love the opportunity to run a lot. Like I genuinely want to run a lot. And in fact, when I hear some runners say like, oh, you know, run smart, run smart. And I, I think what they mean by that is run fewer miles to achieve the same results. I think, but why would I want to run smart? I, I, I don't care about the results. I actually like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I genuinely love the running. I don't want to run smart. I want to run a lot of miles. I need to like for, for self care for me to feel um, at peace I actually really enjoy running as many days as I can. And so the mileage that I need to go 105 miles, the training mileage I need to get to 105 miles to DC happened because I just genuinely love running. But I don't have that stress of that, that a lot of runners have. That I understand, like I can imagine being that person. I'm just not that person. In fact, I don't even own a watch. I don't, I'm not on Strava. I don't keep track of any of that. I don't know. I'm not keeping track of pace or time. Um,
0: not that. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't I didn't see you on I didn't see you on Strava. I I I will admit I did look just to kind of <laughs> I, I, I wanted to see what 105 miles looks like. Uh I don't I don't run 105 miles, uh, but I definitely get the joint passion of running, and I think in that no matter how we define ourselves as runners, there's that nature in which we have to know, is my body physically capable of something like that? You know, I'm in a, I'm currently in a ramp up of my own weekly mileage in which I'm kind of, you know, trying to push my mileage a little bit higher uh, yeah. and doing that without, you know, causing injury or inflicting pain. And so yeah. it's, and so, you know, I think we get that balance of, I mean, even if you think about running smarter, not necessarily like running less miles, but doing it, running in a way that doesn't cause pain or injury. And I think for a lot of folks, it's finding that balance. And it sounds like you've found that balance and you found that balance in being able to run, you know, as many miles as you run a week. Um, I also applaud you for running without a watch because I don't think that I could ever do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm a very... um... I wouldn't say I'm anti-technology, but this is always a shocker to my students. This right here is the first cell phone I've ever owned. And uh-huh. I got it less than a year ago. Uh-huh. I, I literally, I didn't own a flip phone. I didn't own any kind of phone. I just, um, I don't really like social media. I don't really like texting. I don't really want my miles measured. Yeah, I, but it's not that I dislike technology. I guess I just, I don't value it. Mm -hmm. the way some people do. I'm not one for um, devices or like, I have no interest in any of that. I have an old fashioned radio in my bathroom, you know, um, with batteries that I have to charge. So in that way, I'm very, very old school. Um, I do, of course, keep track of how many hours I'm running. Like I have a sense of that, I know. And that's how I have a feel for whether I'm ready to, to run 105 miles. And then of course, occasionally I'm doing races. I don't really like to race. Um, but the races do help me. They give me a sense of where I'm at. So, mm-hmm. leading up to this run to DC, I ran um, the Mountain Maskus 50 miler in November. I ran a race called the Odyssey 40 miler. I'm um, trying to think, I did. I, oh, a 30 miler in Farmville, the night train. No, f- yeah, night train. Okay. Yeah, so I did some races. Um, and then I often run with other people. So this is important to say I run with other people and they're wearing watches. Yeah, okay. So I, go. yeah, so I've done a lot of 30 milers. I did, I think, six 30 milers just by myself or with a friend. Um, well, I guess it was by myself. I wasn't so sure it was 30 miles, but it was the, the right number of hours. But often with a friend to make sure that I got that mileage in the, I needed to be confident, especially because so many people were counting on me. It wasn't like I was just doing a race for myself. The whole community was counting on me to be able to get to DC, So I had to, you know, I took that seriously.
0: And it's a reminder that we all do self-care our own way. Um, And it's not to say that, like, you're right, that I'm right, that anybody's getting it right. But it's what works best for us so that we can practice this activity, this form of self-care that we love so much um you know i mean you're out here doing these 30 40 50 100 mile runs and for you it, it it's something where you don't want to have the attachment to technology the any of that stuff and for others it might be just they want something you know i know i i like to kind of keep track of where my heart rate is even though you know yeah. the the heart rate the wrist heart rate system is not perfect um yeah. and and so i it's one of those reminders that there there's a medium for all of us, and it takes that fine tuning of understanding what works best for us, in order to be able to live fully into that, you know, the the nature of being a runner, of caring, of of finding our passions, and then finding a way to use our passions, uh, if we so desire, to come up and say, hey. Maybe we can use this to help the, the students so that they can, uh, so that they can, uh, so what does the Lion Pride run money get used for? It goes to students. I know that, but is yeah. it a scholarship?
1: It is. It's a scholarship. Um, and actually this week we've been doing the interviews for the scholarship and some students who are more introverted choose to write an essay, but essentially I do the run, we raise the money. This year, I think we raised close to $30,000. And then we meet with kids who want to apply for the scholarship uh, and they, and tell them that they can either do an interview with us, and we have a whole committee, so it's not just me on the committee, or they can write an essay, and then we get together as a committee and choose the students who we feel are most deserving. And it's not maybe a typical scholarship, which might go to, you know, the Kid with the best grades who played all the sports and was in all the clubs. The run is really meant to symbolize um, what it means to overcome obstacles and challenges and to persevere and to have endurance. So we're really looking for kids who've actually had struggles in their life and found a way to overcome them and who have managed to remain a strong student and to give back to their community in different ways. And those are the students we want to support and reward. So the students who represent what the run is all about. And there are so many kids like that just all week uh, we've had these interviews and it's blowing me away yet again, year after year it does how many kids really fit that profile. Uh, And their stories sometimes are quite heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. And, and I think when, we look at it, one of the things that we can do, especially as leaders in our community, is help to instill those same things that we've learned in our own journeys to help them know the best ways as we send them off. We see this way in which we can pass on these lessons. And I think that the opportunity has been afforded to you, and especially been put in this uh, really interesting situation as a teacher, as someone who has this influential role of youth in the community, to be able to send them off with these lessons. Uh, And so outside of teaching kids how to speak, write, no proper English, (laughs) which is something that I did not do well in high school. Uh, But aside from teaching English, what are some of those lessons uh, that you're helping to convey to your students as you're seeking to teach them what to do as they go out into the world, go off to college, are taking jobs, what are some of those self-care, those, those deeply seated lessons that you're teaching them?
1: Well, I hope they see that I'm a lighthearted person, so I don't take anything too seriously. I do sometimes worry that they see me running this insane distance and think that I'm, um, being too hard on myself because that's really not the case right I wouldn't want them to think that I'm some sort of um I can think of several figures like this I'm thinking of like David Goggins or, or yeah. Rocky you know yeah. and I have huge respect for both of them Rocky fictional David Goggins uh real person but I'm just not that kind of person so these are very young people obviously I'm I'm working with not quite fully formed human beings. They're only 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And I want them to see that yes, I train hard and I persevere. And I'm even willing to be uncomfortable because there's no denying that running that far is is very uncomfortable. Um but if it didn't make me happy, I wouldn't do it. If it didn't lift my spirits, I mean it doesn't always make me happy, I'm being honest, but it brings me peace. Even if that peace comes through turmoil. It does bring me peace and I wouldn't do it if it didn't help me in that way. Mm-hmm. If it didn't make me a better person. So I hope that my students see, oh, Ms. Fletcher's doing something that's hard, but she's doing it because it brings her a sense of purpose. It brings her some peace. It makes her into this cheerful, funny person that we see every day. Um, I don't want them to think that I would do something just to run myself into the ground, so that's really important. I think as they go off to college or into the workforce or or forget even that part of their lives, as they are just human beings in the world and relationships. Um, maybe eventually as parents, I hope they see that doing hard things uh, is can be very meaningful. Um, I do think that the harder road in life is sometimes the more meaningful road, um, but and this is a good part of the conversation, I think, if there isn't that balance, if it's not giving Mm -hmm. back to you, um, and therefore you're, because the whole point is for it to give back and fill you up. And then, as you said, perhaps you can find a way to give back what has filled you up to others. Um, if there's not that process going on of creating meaning and it filling you up and making you into a better version of yourself, which then back into the people that you know and love, the people around you, that it's not necessarily worthwhile. Um, I also think a really important part of the run that I hope my kids notice is that I do not do this run alone. Mm
0: -hmm. It is very much
1: a community effort. And I think we can't really reach our potential without other people in our lives. So if there were not other people helping me, whether it's the leadership students, colleagues, the entire community, the businesses that are helping us financially, I would just be a random woman running down the side of the road. <laughs> like, <laughs> there wouldn't be a line if I'd run, and that's really important for them to see that. In order to reach our full potential, we really need each other. And imagine what we could do if we all work together and we were all feeding each other's potential. Yeah, that's when you know I see a lot of hope for for what the direction maybe we could go, you know, beyond this high school, but as a society. And
0: I think it's the reminder of the role that we all play. You know, I don't think that you necessarily need to be a teacher in order to be an influence on a young person's life. Uh, But I appreciate the perspective of teachers because a lot of times they're the ones who are spending a lot of time with the, I mean, outside of the, well, I mean, probably sometimes even more than their parents, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, teachers are, are there around them, and I think that they can better help us to understand, yeah. you know, what it is these kids need to, to grow, to mature, to develop, to, to, be, uh, to be who they feel like they need to be for this society. Uh, and I think that that's an important role, especially as we consider this role in which we're not only practitioners of self-care, but that we are teachers of self-care too. And so I, I love that. I love the way in which you talked about, you know, they see you run. And then it's kind of having that conversation with them of, no, Ms. Fletcher's not a crazy woman. I mean, <laughs> she is, but... This is why, like, her craziness is actually, you know, okay, right? We're not just crazy for the sake of being crazy. Um, But Miss Fletcher does this because it's an opportunity for her to care for herself. And it may even give those students an opportunity to really and genuinely reflect on their own life and ways that they can care for themselves, whether that is for themselves running, uh, something like art, something like other sports, music, all of these different. English and and writing and journaling and all of those cool things. Um, And so we offer these opportunities for folks to learn and glean from us the self-care lessons that we project off to them. Uh, And then even finding ways in which you've surrounded yourself with colleagues who have seen this passion and this joy, and then in their own self-care rituals, because I'm sure, I mean, you're the only one running. So that means that within that team, there are people who have passions for all sorts of different things. I'm sure you probably have someone who has a passion and just asking people for money.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's cute to see the roles that the kids take on. The leadership class, obviously there's a structure, but it's not overly structured. So there's an opportunity to choose their, little, their path for the run. And there were kids who immediately were like, Fletcher, we're going to make you a TikTok star. You know, they wanted to, <laughs> and I did make a series of TikTok videos. And then there was the kid, he was like, I'm going to work the phones, you know, and then maybe a student will uh, stand out as the one who's organizing everybody and keeping things tidy. Yeah. So that's fun to see. And I really appreciate that you pointed out when the kids see me doing this run, I I don't need them to think, oh, could I run 105 miles? Literally, the run has always been very symbolic. And this might be me as an English teacher, but I don't even think of running as just running. I don't think of running as just putting one foot in front of the other. I know I acknowledge that yes, I care about fitness. Yes, it's nice to be fit at forty-seven. That's that feels yeah. great. But that is not um, the prime primary way I see running or the reason I run. I always see it as symbolic, um, and so. I hope that the kids, and I I think this is true, I think the kids look at my run and wonder, you know, could I go 105 105 metaphorical miles in my own life with what I love to do or with this ability I have? Um, That's really the purpose of the run. And the scholarship, too, is never, I mean, it's fine if we give it to an athlete, but it's not directed towards athletes at all. Uh, It's always about students who embody the characteristics of the run. In their
0: own unique way, and so maybe the question for your students becomes, you know what are those metaphorical miles that you're uh, trying to go after? Mm-hmm, uh, what are those sure. what are those big audacious goals? And I think even for for those of you who are listening to this podcast and something like Kate's story stands out to you not because of the mileage but because of what can be accomplished when when we allow for that intersection between Self care, passion, and and helping others, it it really becomes okay. What are the miles that I want to do, uh, and and what are those metaphorical miles that I'm going after in my own life as well, um, friends? I'm not going to run 105 miles. I'm I'm good with uh, 13.1. That's the extent of how much I like to run most times. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, and it's been it's been awesome catching up. Uh, I know that uh, we have been mindful of our time here. Uh, Kate, uh, as a teacher is off and, and getting ready to do some really awesome things and helping students. Uh, so let's, uh, wrap our time up here with these end of podcast questions as we wind our time down. So Kate, what is something that makes you feel accomplished? Gosh,
1: um, definitely running plays a part in feeling accomplished, but Again, I'm not really that focused on time or even mileage. I feel accomplished when I have what I consider to be a peaceful run, a run where I really genuinely feel like I've reset myself. So maybe I started feeling frazzled or stressed or overwhelmed. Um, I started feeling confused or worried, and my mind is cleared by the end of it. And it might just be, Three miles at the elementary school track, which is still something to run at, where I first started running. It might be ten miles in the woods. It might be a much, much longer run. But if I finish and have that feeling of being reset, that is a very um, powerful feeling for me that makes me feel accomplished. And I actually have that same feeling as a teacher. I'll often drive to school just feeling off. You know, like I just don't want to go to work today. I I don't think I'm going to be an effective teacher today. I'm so distracted. And almost always, in fact, maybe always, I come home the same route in reverse thinking, what was I so worried about this morning? I feel better. Um, I feel as if I've been reset by my day at school. And I say that as an introvert. I, I actually am not someone who you know, feeds off the energy of others, let alone teenagers. But there's something about giving to others and getting through a day. And the kids often don't want to be there either when they show up. And But there's a real sense of accomplishment in making it through another day of teaching and feeling as if my purpose was met, that I reached kids, that I was there for them. Maybe, hopefully, they learned something from me. And I... Always feel better on my way home from school, which is true of running too. Anyone who runs knows that you can't really feel worse after a run. I
0: mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: Or maybe in one sense. Like yeah, it, I feel
0: you're, like you're, mentally, mentally, I yes. am a lot better after a run. Physically, yes. I might have beat myself up a little bit.
1: Well, that's fair. Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. So yes. what is
0: an upcoming goal you have? And this can be any goal. It doesn't have to be related. I mean, just what is an upcoming goal that you have? What's something that you want to do?
1: So I'm just on the cusp of my summer vacation. We only have a couple more weeks of school here in Louisa. So my goal slash dream for the summer is to spend a lot of time running in the mountains and on trails. Um, I'm really a trail runner at heart. I, you know, running on the side of the road for 105 miles through Northern Virginia and up into D.C. is not my ideal run. Um, I, I love being outside. Again, that really goes back to my roots, probably growing up in Vancouver, Canada. Um, I just really, a huge part of running for me is being outside. So my big goal for the summer is to spend as much time as possible running in the dirt, um, seeing some beautiful places, finding some new trails, and being with friends. I really enjoy running with other people. um, And this summer, I will have the time for that. Because I'm not teaching summer school.
0: Yeah, no, I mean... (laughs) We've all got to set our boundaries somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, who do you go to when life gets tough?
1: Gosh. Um, honestly, I probably go to myself too much. Uh, so that's a, a place I could improve upon. Um, I have I have a daughter who's twenty two now, and the fact that she's a grown up means that mm-hmm. we, our relationship, you know, is changing, and so. I guess she's someone I would say I'm very, very close with, but she more often is coming to me with her problems as it should be because I'm still her mother and she has, you know, all kinds of things that she still turns to me to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I probably do turn to myself too much and maybe turn to, to running too much. Uh, I, I do of course have close friends and I have a very small family. Um, my parents immigrated from England to, to Canada and then uh, split up and and I moved with my mother to the u s she married a an American, my stepfather and so and then both parents went to other countries. so mm-hmm. in many ways, I don't have the kind of typical maybe American nuclear family that so many people, or it feels to me like some yeah. people have i don 't know if any listeners can relate, mm-hmm. but my father lives in Malaysia now and has for two decades. My mother's been back in England for two decades so Honestly, Louisa, even though I don't live in the county, I've been coming here and spending every weekday here for 17 years. Louisa feels like home to me. Mm-hmm. And I love the way people in this community are so close with their families. So many of my students have cousins that are in the school system. I'll teach a cousin and they'll say, oh, you taught my, you know, you taught my cousin 10 years ago. And it's the first time I've ever been immersed in that kind of small community. And so in all honesty, who do I turn to? Maybe I don't turn and say, hey, I need, I need help because that's not appropriate because I'm the teacher and they're the student. So I'm not leaning on them in that way. But just coming here each day and feeling mm-hmm. like I'm part of a community is extremely helpful to me. It's, it's definitely very grounding for me um, to be part of a community as a mm-hmm. teacher um, and, and to get to immerse myself in an environment that isn't something I grew up with um, and to have those kinds of close community relationships. So I don't know, I'm partially answering your question, but admitting that there's some room for improvement there.
0: No. Yeah. Um, I mean, self-care is a never ending journey. Um, I don't, you know, we're never done practicing and we're never done learning about it. Um, And so in that light uh, for our last question, other than physical activity, other than running, uh, what are other ways that you practice self-care?
1: So I'm a pretty ba- basic person. <laughs> um, I'm definitely a minimalist in all things. So, I mean, my honest answer is probably I really like to sleep. Mm. I, I really like to sleep and I really like to do nothing at all. A big part of my summer will be doing nothing at all. Just sitting in, you know, and staring into space and daydreaming. I like to go out on my back deck and just flop down on the deck with my three dogs um, and just lay there. Maybe because my job is quite intense and takes up so much of my time during the school year and then running, of course, is intense and the amount of running I do is time consuming. When I'm not running and I'm not at school, I have no problem whatsoever doing nothing, whether I'm asleep doing nothing or just laying around doing nothing. I embrace that. It's also probably that I'm an introvert, so I don't need to be surrounded by a bunch of people. I yeah.
0: have
1: to <laughs> just lay about by myself at my house um, with no particular direction, You know, mm-hmm. no particular goal in mind.
0: The art of nothingness.
1: The art of nothingness. I, I approve it. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm a practitioner.
0: There you go. Well, Kate, I want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. What a great conversation. Um, And we'll have ways in which you can uh, check out some of this stuff about Lion Pride. Uh, We'll have some of Kate's information so that uh, if you want to support Lion Pride, we uh, encourage you wholeheartedly. I know we've got some uh, Richmond-based listeners to this podcast. So what a great opportunity. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much. It's been fun.
0: This is why I love recording this podcast. This is why I love putting it together. This is why I love these conversations because this conversation with Kate was just amazing. I love being able to talk to her. I love being able to explore this. As you all heard, like I encountered her journey um, a, a, a while ago now. It's been a little while since the first time that I saw that. A news report on NBC 12 in Richmond when I lived in Chesterfield and seeing the news report that it was coming out from some friends in Richmond that was coming out on the Today Show I was like I think we got to get her on and my wife confirmed that she was like you got to get her on you got to get her on um, which is amazing because I think we hear from Kate's journey just this way in which we can turn a passion we can turn Something that we have used to care for ourselves to also help to care for others. And that it's it's honestly not too hard. It's not too much. But when we use it as a manner of balance in our lives, you, you hear from Kate that she doesn't always just default to like trying to raise money while she's on the run. But every so often she finds these opportunities to combine what she loves with... Uh, other passions that she has teaching the students that she has this entire system that has been built and then we even hear within that ways in which she is trying to care for herself away from that as well right she protects her summers. she holds on to them Uh, So well as she's going along, I think there are probably many teachers who are like that. I'm sure there are many teachers who enjoy teaching summer school and it's finding ways to care for ourselves in the midst of all of those other things that we do. And I think Kate teaches us that lesson and shows us this awesome example of truly what we are capable of in that opportunity and finding ways to use those passions to help others and also to care for ourselves. And so I hope you took something away from Kate's story. Let me know. Uh, Feel free to send me uh, an email. Send me a message on Facebook, Instagram at ActiveFaithPod. If you want to email me, Andrew at ActiveFaithPod.com. Um, you can go to the website and and fill in the contact form or just email me directly Uh, but I want to thank this community you know last week I, I did that episode I did that solo episode I talked about all the amazing things that we have going on and I'm just loving like we have been so active in our Facebook group again if you are not part of that Facebook group please come over join us. Uh, We want you to be a part of this encouraging and supportive group. Feel free to post as much as you are comfortable with or just offer likes, offer comments, cheer people on as we go along. And friends, as I come to record this week, I have a review. It is the first review. It is so awesome. I love you all so much. Uh, This one is from Camp Love. It is on Apple Podcasts. I really loved the Mother Running series. As a working parent, it's nice to hear how others make sure their self-care is a priority. And hearing real-life examples, how parents get runs in their daily lives was super relatable. Thank you so much, Camp Love. I am so appreciative of the review, friends. I would love it if you would leave a rating and review. Help this podcast continue to grow. Help others know how much you are enjoying this podcast. Um, Please, it it, it takes only a few seconds. Just head on over to Apple Podcasts. You don't even have to have an Apple device to do it. Uh, Just hop on over there. That would be so great. Make sure while you're doing that that you subscribe to this podcast. Uh, So that these new episodes, they just pop into your feed. Again, we're on Fridays now. I know it's probably throwing off some of your weeks. I apologize for that, giving me a little bit more time on the front end to get all of this stuff edited and put together. And the other big announcement, friends, I am on Patreon, and we have our first Patreon supporter. Thank you so much, David Vaughn. David is a good friend of mine. Thank you so much for your support over on Patreon, uh, giving David a shout out for being uh, the first. But also, like, if you uh, if you see it in your heart to support this ministry, you too can get a shout out here, uh, whether it's a review, whether it's coming in and helping to support Via Patreon, friends, I would love an opportunity to have your support so that we can continue to build this community. Um, You know, I want to do this not just for my own um, getting that, but getting this stuff out there, helping to have these conversations, helping to get them out there so that others can hear and know what it is like to care for ourselves, what it means to care for ourselves. Because at the end of the day, that is how we are going to continue to do this work that we have been called to do. And so, please. Uh, links to patreon all social media that's going to be in the uh, podcast notes as well as a way to connect with lion pride run and an opportunity to learn a little bit more about lion pride run there is a a short little documentary that uh kate sent me that i'm putting in the podcast notes so please go over check that out if you want to support lion pride run there's information there uh Follow and subscribe. Go like us. Follow us on show, Follow me on social media uh, at Active Faith Pod. Keep on helping to support the podcast. I want to continue to grow this thing so that we can continue to help one another. And most of all, and and really, like I understand, we all can't do the same. Um, But if you would just hit that share button, just share this with someone that you know. If you think that there's someone who might get something out of this episode or out of the podcast in general, please share it with them so that we can continue to grow and expand this community outwards. And now may God bless each of us, and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.